Hi all, welcome back to Sister Love. This is Coretta, also known as Retta Rainbow, bringing you a new topic. I originally was going to have a group of people on here, but we all know things change. Times have been flying by, um, but I do have some more group content coming. I know that you all really have been enjoying the evolution of some of the content. So again, I appreciate you all listening, subscribing, telling others about Sister Love because again, it's a platform with the opportunity to really have candid conversations about issues that really impact women, but explicitly black women, women of color, the way we experience life without filters, without hangups, just stuff that really happens and what we want to do about it or what resources or what alternatives exist. So with all that being said this week, as you tune in, I want to talk about femininity and pretty hurts. Recently, I have been trying to jump back on the market, trying to get my feet out here with this whole dating situation. Um, I never thought I was going to jump on here and talk about dating or femininity or just being a woman explicitly like that. But, oh my goodness, there have been so many things that have arisen out of my attempt to a date that I couldn't resist. Like, it's just too juicy, it's too rich, and it's too layered, and I know it's a shared experience. So bear with me because I'm going to hit a range of topics from self-acceptance to femininity and what is it for different people to why does pretty hurt to harassment to reconciling womanness or whatever that means. But I want to start with the song Pretty Hurts by Beyonce. I respect Beyonce as an entertainer. I do not have our catalog, but back in maybe 20, almost say it was 14, I was in Atlanta with my friend Kristen, who was on the last segment, and we were at this, I can't think of the name of the daiquiri bar, um, that's, they have them in South Beach, they have them in Savannah, like most beach towns, but Atlanta got one in one of the newer districts and we were sitting there listening eating vibing a couple drinks and Beyonce song comes on and it was from the new album and they were playing that album and I've heard a lot of her songs before but whole album was different and you can tell like she was really exploring her femininity and what it meant as a mother as a sexual being as a wife as a lover as a friend as someone who experiences jealousy rage horniness and everything else and with this dating weirdness um and I'll go deeper. I found myself on the way to go visit my friend Brittany on the south side of Chicago. I found myself listening to Pretty Hearts. I put in, um, 
I forget the name of the album. It's the one with EXO and Blue and Heaven. I think the song is called Flow that I like. Flow, Glow, something. Um, Drunk in Love, all that. Again, I've never owned a Beyonce album. I own that one because it was just so rich and so on point. But I want to read something that as I was cutting through the loop and getting down on 57, I kept hearing, like, by the second time that the CD, yes, I still listen to CDs, ran through, I heard these words and I was like, ooh. The words are, Mama said you're a pretty girl. What's in your head doesn't matter. Brush your hair, fix your teeth. What you wear is all that matters. Just another stage, pageant the pain away. This time I'm going to take the crown without falling down. Pretty hurts, we shine the light on whatever's worse. Perfection is a disease of a nation. Um, Pretty hurts, pretty hurts, pretty hurts. We shine a light on whatever's worse. Trying to fix something, but you can't fix what you can't see. It's the soul that needs a surgery. But the key part when it says just another stage pageant the pain away. I remember as I was driving, I was like, did she just say pageant the pain away? But how many times do we do this as women um, in different settings and even within our own skin? So again, I'm going to say probably several times, bear with me because I'm not looking at a script. I'm not trying to say this perfect but I just want to just be candid with my journey on pretty my journey on pretty has been anything but pretty I think I've spent the majority of my life thinking that I was ugly or ugly duckling or pretty in compartments when I say pretty in compartments when I was skinny as a child because we my family was working class and so we didn't eat out a lot we didn't have a lot of extras and so before I went to college, I walked around a lot, sweated a lot from the South. But I was larger than all the other girls in my class, always, always. Like I was always chest-wise, I was larger. Um, I didn't have hips or behind, um, but I was kind of top-heavy, cup-heavy. In retrospect, I've always been pretty. But at 41, I can see pretty. And not perfect pretty, but like at 41, I realized and look back at a lot of things that I did in the break and it's because I saw what pretty didn't get you or I really, it's not really pretty, it's femininity and what it got you. So here's what I'm saying because it's really coded. And you're like, you never thought you were pretty? Like, and that's so subjective, like what's pretty? But when I say that, it's harsh. I'm going to air out some stuff that's not going to make people happy. Um, When I was younger, probably about eight or nine years old, I had my mom say something to me about my body that made me never regard my body. Like, I was going to school and hearing all about how to embrace yourself and self-esteem and confidence and then you're at home with a mom who is really still young when I say young there's a 20 year difference between my mom and there's a 20 difference between 
Like, my dad is 22 years different to me, and my mom's 20 years different. Whatever issues and demons she was working through, she hadn't resolved them, never had gone to counseling, never had no help, never had nobody to talk her through. So all that trauma she carrying around for herself and her relationships and how she see life, here you is with a daughter whose frame and body is the opposite of yours and exacerbates your issues with your body. So you tear me down because that's all you know to do, right? And so, unfortunately, when I didn't need to hear it, like, there was nothing wrong with me. Like, I didn't, as a young girl, about eight or nine, like, that period where you can't keep wearing t-shirts all the time, you start getting put in a trainer bra and all that. I remember one time I was either changing my shirt or putting some deodorant on, and I remember my mom was just like, I don't know if she said ill, but she just looked aghast as my breasts, my developing breasts, we're just laying there and it's like she let me know like ew gross not enough disgusting in an eight nine year old body and I bet if I said that to her right now she would probably just look honestly because she either remembers or doesn't remember but it's also one of those things like you did that and do you know what you did to me right of course you know Your mouth can say you do, but you don't. You taught me how to hate myself, right? Welcome. And so, again, round one, pretty hearts. Like, the people who are supposed to teach you how to embrace yourself. Not that you have to be pretty, but it's okay, right? Look, that didn't didn't happen in my box. So, all right, take take a couple of crayons out of my Crayola 96-count box. Then we have, like... teenage years right you have your own internalization and you have your you know I grew up in the 90s and so you have the girls who can get their hair perm relaxed wrapped keep their money you know keep money flowing somewhere and so you got the latest Tommy this hair looks like this I have never looked like anybody around me even my sisters I feel like they all the three younger ones look like each other and I have variations of their same traits but I distinctly look different from my sisters and I'm the larger like all of them are like almost parallel in height I'm like a couple inches taller than all of them I'm the tallest Um, I'm the whitest they all are more feminine in their shape my shape is more masculine broad shoulders wider neck flat behind um thick like lower legs calf muscles like my arms were all cut back in the day um when I was smaller but as I've gotten larger you know that's a different story but what I'm saying is physically I felt like I presented more masculine and I can tell you why I look 55% like my dad and 45% like my mom and how that looks in a sibling two of the four siblings the two that look majority like my mom they look the most feminine my baby sister is a good variant um I think she looks like 40% like my dad and 6% like my mom the because I look more like my dad my dad is handsome he's gorgeous gorgeous boy growing up and both of my parents are, are beautiful people um and I don't say that because of my parents like no they my mom was a fox in her early days and she's still very pretty 
And my dad, he was a handsome man coming through, whatever. But that masculine, like, some of the masculine pieces of my dad, like, when I see myself compared to my sisters, and comparison trap, like, it's the devil, and we'll talk about that shortly. It just lands different. And so here I am growing in my skin as a teenager, as a college student, even as a young adult looking around like, I don't look like, I don't look like my sisters. I don't look like these local girls I grew up with in Columbus. Then I go to college. I'm in rural Georgia, but we're like 45 minutes from Atlanta. I damn sure don't look like these Atlanta girls who are like middle class or they know people. And they've always focused on their external beauty. Like, who left me off the truck? That never stopped me from, like, I guess you could say fake it till I make it. Or there's parts where I hit a stride or a persona. And I don't know the combination of what it was. But, like, we would get... I am not going to say that on on the air. I'll pull back. But... We would get bath and body works. We had another word, phrase, what we call bath and body works. Me and my friends would get our bath and body works and we'd shower up and we'd gussy up and we'd hit the yard or we'd hit homecoming or we'd hit this party or that party. You couldn't tell us nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing. Like, I always pulled dances and, you know, kicked it with people. And I never had a problem, like, connecting with people. But I never attracted, like, boyfriends or anything like that. And so, again, pretty hurts. There's nothing wrong with me. I've learned to roll with the punches of whatever and whoever I am. This is, like, by the, you know, young adult time. But I'm watching other girls around me. They're getting the numbers. They're going out. They're dating. And that's not my life. But at that point, coming out of college, all I wanted was to get a job, get stable, do my thing, and get a career. It never derailed me. But instead of coping, dealing with, or talking about it, I really didn't have the right people to talk about it. Um, I definitely wasn't healthy enough. The people I was running with, in and out toxic, what do you do, right? All right, there's round two. And then you have round three. Um, Round three, I think, would be the fluctuation away from stress, from built-up cortisol, from dealing with, like, steroid medicine. When I say steroid, like, not workout steroids, but, like, steroid shots or allergy medicine, sinuses, like, the South has a variation of trees and my allergies were through the roof and in order to function and be able to work or live whether I was in college or as a young adult or just regular adult, I ended up a lot of times taking steroid medicine and then I didn't realize how bad my depression would present itself. I would hit slumps where I could go periods of not eating or like my diet would flip upside down and I think all that way of mental pressure and anguish would run me in so bad like it didn't take long before I either yo-yoed for a while or just at some point I ballooned and when I say ballooned it's like over I don't know probably six seven years I probably gained like an extra hundred pounds but I didn't see it because it was gradual and because again like the guys used to say, 
got this super pretty face or I was a snazzy dresser so I always found clothes that look good on my body what did I know okay right that's round three so I think round four pretty hurts was how I compartmentalized that transition of time when you are still trying to figure out what's true for you you know you don't look like everybody else you're watching how other women around you reconcile femininity and their sexual experiences their wants needs and desires and I just hid behind work career jobs because it was easier and at that point I told myself oh these guys just want sex so whatever no I'm good not because I wasn't a sexual being it's just I never wanted to be somebody's plaything or toy or use somebody in that manner and we all adults your preference is your preference this ain't about you this is about my journey about pretty so at some point you can say my 30s here's the reality and I could say it because I'm 41 look back I never saw healthy relationships and I always saw the worst power dynamics and distance between gendered men and women toxic masculinity toxic femininity here's where I'm going and I'm going to tell the story out of order by the time I got up this morning I had already processed yesterday with one of my friends about my frustrations with dating and when I say my frustrations with dating I was telling her about several different instances in Chicago where try to talk to some different people and it was either receiving in on people playing games or can't tell if I'm being catfished or I feel like I'm being scammed or mugs just it's it's a game like and I want my time back and how damn dare you and you know what I'm saying like what's so wrong with you and how hurt can you be to play with somebody's time and I kept singing time 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 and time and of course, yesterday when I was traveling to and from, hanging out with her, I'm letting this Beyonce, you know, play. And of course, you know, I'm getting upset. Like, I'm one of those people. I will be transparent. Let me tell you who I am when it comes to dating. I will make a small attempt, see where it goes. And when it don't come together, baby, I am worse than Elsa. I think it's Elsa from Frozen or any little um, Disney heroine that wants to lock herself up and pull the bridge and unless you're gonna swim the moat and make mud pies all the way up the side of the castle you're done um or like i said frozen like i think omarion got a song talking about i I got an ice box where my heart used to be i'm so cold i'm so cold i'm so cold i'm so cold it wasn't until almost a summer ago i met somebody and he opened my heart and i didn't even know my heart was like frozen I didn't know I had locked my heart up like Fort Knox. Had no idea. I kept thinking it was like, oh, guys just don't like me. They're just, I'm not pulling. I don't know what it is. I don't, eh, I don't, eh. And it's like, no, my, that's, I didn't know I was the one unavailable. Like, you know how you hear people talk about availability? I knew I kept finding myself in situationships where men weren't available. But what I did not know is, baby, them same men were unavailable because, boo, you was unavailable. And it's like, what does that mean, unavailable? 
And what it was is the fear of being hurt, the fear of being mistreated, the fear of the last thing I dealt with, here it comes. And the reason why I can even say any of this right now is because of something I read yesterday. Like, I can't remember where I was. I want to say I had made it back home and I was here on the couch and had a good conversation, like I said, with my friend Brittany. And she was just like, at the end of the day, and that's where this fear of something come, comes from. Because when I tell you, on my way home, um, once I got back on the couch, I'm on the ground. I'm flipping through. Um, all my favorite little psychologists, gut punching me, throat punching me. You know, rushing to love. What mask is that? What are you hiding? Um, what piece of loneliness is that? Like... What form of abandonment is, you know, entrapped in that? And it's like, oh, God, here we go. One, two, three. Um, And then there was an article I looked up because there's plenty of articles and research that really navigates black women don't have the same odds and dating. And I've been one that I found myself sitting down with white women and Latino women sometimes and saying, it's different for y'all. Like, we the bottom of the wrong, people were disposable, da 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 And the article I read was by a black woman, and she named those things. Like, those things have been true, da 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 But you got to get it in your consciousness, in your psyche, what you want. And if you're telling yourself, it'll never happen, then it'll never happen. You want to manifest what you really believe. Like, your mouth and your idea of wanting to happen is, like, level two. But that, man, good things just ain't going to ever happen. If that's level 80, your level two of wanting it means nothing. Your level 80 of it's never going to happen is going to find itself, find a way to produce itself in your life. So something can start off really good. You know, those moments, ladies, where we're like, and then well, all the signs and I don't understand. And it's like, but somewhere along the way, I don't know what was in your psyche. Either it wasn't meant to be or something in your psyche. Your story got to manifest itself. Um, self-fulfilling prophecy found you. And so, with a combination of things, I remember the person I was talking to over the weekend, I had, I literally just paused and didn't do what I wanted to say. Um, There's a catchphrase that we kind of say in this cancel culture. And the author actually mentioned not saying those kind of things. And so, again, I'm trying to do my work as I talk to you all about what's going on. The person at some point was doing a lot. They were love bombing. They were making promises. And somewhere in there, like, I opened up really fast. This is all on me. Not the whole situation, but, like, just the moving too fast. Like, it was all, it's on me. And so, long story short, by the second or third day, that Coretta brain I have that will poke a hole in a story real fast and try to get to some truth, there were some things that I, I think gave a benefit of a doubt that as reality came crashing in, and I call it, for me, God loving you enough to not let you get hurt any further and go ahead and get these lessons. It was just too many things that pointed to uh, uh, this ain't, one, this ain't what I want, this is not gonna work. And then two, sir, you giving me a lot of pause. But there's a couple things that person did say and there's some lessons that got brought out that I am now sitting with. 
There were other issues this week regarding the notion of being pretty, and I'll just fast forward and get to this point. What I've realized by the end of last week and the beginning of this week, I've been pretty my whole life subjectively. I couldn't see pretty because I wanted to be anything but pretty because I wanted to be anything but feminine. Here's why I want to be anything but feminine. In my household, femininity wasn't respected. It was stamped out and stomped out. Only masculinity, toxic masculinity was respected, heralded, upheld. Anything other than that without going down a rabbit hole, it was useless. It had no power. It was always being snuffed out. So if you see that as a child, depending on your personality, and I, you know, I already mentioned abandonment, uh, very much abandonment issues. So let's just go ahead and say anxious, avoidant, or avoidant. Look it up. I grew up independent because I didn't want to have to depend on a man because I didn't want a man to dictate different things in my life. I didn't want a man to be able to dictate when the sun rose and set in my house. I didn't want a man to dictate how the vibe of my house felt. I didn't want him to dictate the worth of my soul and how I felt about myself or how people around me were allowed to feel. I did not want all that toxic masculinity that I grew up with. But what I did somewhere as a child, and I remember I did this in the eighth grade, I kept the way I would describe relationships and men is just so harmful. But it was my rage and my anger and the pain and the frustration and the trauma speaking. But I remember like either I was just like, I remember several pieces. One I used to say, can't quite get the wording but I think I used to question one I used to say I'm not gonna be domestic I'm not cooking I ain't cleaning I'll take care of myself but if you think I'm coming home to do x y x y x y you got another thing coming because I didn't see it as respected why would I want to be a housewife when I see my mom as a housewife not being honored why would I want to do that even though years later her ability to care for our home is one of the most beautiful things about her and it makes me so damn proud and I wish I had her skill set and I don't but seeing it being mistreated as a child like it just it made me hate femininity it made me hate anything that felt domestic like nah I ain't gonna do it because if you've seen it being taken for granted and not honored and not respected and not have a place of worth in the household it just has to be that way gender norms and some other stuff you're not gonna want it so I wanted to be the antithesis of it then like if my husband do da 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 divorce papers at 8 years not 8 in the 8th grade girl what you know or if I get married I ain't taking nobody's name what okay do what you wanna do but dang 8th grade of course or as I got way older mimicking what I saw growing up if you ever marry a man that's kind of like street ridden, like he don't like to be, he's not a home person. What I was really saying is a man that's not present, very much absent or in his own world, partially maybe narcissistic. I used to say, yeah, I want to do that ain't underneath me. That's all I knew. All I know in my mind is, ooh, I like my me time. I like doing my own thing. I don't want nobody suffocating me. I don't want nobody insecure. 
you don't want a toxic relationship, boo, but that don't mean you don't want him underneath you. Because I can tell you right now, as I'm learning how to date and learning who I am at 41, I do want to do this underneath me. I want him to have his own life. I want me to have my own too, but I, I do. I want to spend quality time with him. I want to connect. Um, one of my love languages is touch. The other one is quality time. Both of them have to do with connection. No, I did not know how to articulate. I'm used to a man not being available, not being around, not being invested. And I was just not in a place where I even should have been thinking about relationships. I say all these things to get to this wounded sense of femininity. And why I couldn't, compa- you know, deal with um, prettiness. Imagine somebody who's been trying to heal from those things over the last 10, 12 years, per se. And you're still feeling like you're hitting walls. Like, you put your best foot forward and then um, something may fall apart. Then you hear the ghost of, oh, you got a pretty face. Oh, guess I should throw the rest of my body away, right? Or you make strides, you try abs, you try, you know, going to different things or whatever, and maybe it's slow progress or no progress at all. Then you start to question yourself because you read all the memes online that talk about if she hasn't dated somebody by 31 or being married or had a child, what's wrong with her? We all know that's a bunch of BS and it's a bunch of crap, but you, for me, right, in those weak moments, when your negative side is clenching to the told you something wrong with you right it's a lot there it's a lot and I apologize if this stuff is triggering please find a friend a counselor somebody you trust preferably a medical um, trained professional or clinical professional that can have these conversations with you but I'm being very candid and blunt about my journey with pretty because there's some of us who leave off this earth by our own hands because we never could articulate these things with fear of reprisal, what people would think of us. Um, I don't want anybody looking at me, feeling bad for me, or whatever it is that you're telling yourself. And I'll be honest, I've said it before, but I'll say it really blunt in this one because this is a topic that, whew, I mean, I'll be damned if I let another woman sit in the dark or sit to herself and think she's not enough and she's less than because of anything external or internal. You are enough. Even if you can't even whisper the words to yourself, write them on a piece of paper. Even if you don't believe it, look at it once a week if you can't look at it no more than that. But I promise you, you are enough. And the reason why I get to this is because as I was driving this morning, you know, I'm thinking about the dating thing from this weekend, thinking about Britney's advice, thinking about the IG stuff from the psychologist that I follow. I'm thinking about my past experiences, and here's some things that came up. At some point when I was talking to this person, I try my hardest not to go into that rabbit hole. I remember him saying at some point we had talked about goals for partnership and family, and he said, I want you to consciously get this in your soul that we're going to do this and I'll be even though it was a rush situation when he sent that it was one of those moments I was like this is God in the middle of all this foolishness this is God because let me tell you I needed to hear that 
You can say it with your mouth. And he kept asking me, are you sure this is what you want? Is you sure this is the way you want to go? And at a point, like, I'm a Pisces. And I, it's bigger than a Pisces. Just my personality. I hate repetition. Ugh. Um, it, it's the connotation that comes with it for me. Um, it's not logically rooted, but it's just a preference. But when I tell you as I was driving this morning, even when he said it, it was like, nah, you want something? Like, baby, do you know that you can have this? Because there's some things this person brought out. I'll be the first to tell you, like, I'm not really trying to go down that road. And But the more that I talked to this person, it brought out some parts of myself that were more feminine that I knew it's coming out because you healing your masculinity and your femininity and you're starting to embrace your feminine side. You're starting to embrace that part of yourself that says, I used to make jokes about, I want to be a homemaker or I can step out of my career any day. Just give me the right, like when I say opportunity, I don't mean it in a crass way. It's I let me find a partner and somebody I believe in and it's mutual and we build our thing. And if part of our thing is we want these things in our life and a part of that is we want to look at maybe both of us don't have to work and decide on what that looks like. Because I've worked my entire life, I've said conversations with homegirls or people that I love dearly. Oh, me? And people laugh because they know how like just I love leadership and I love my work they're like really you gonna sit at home nobody sits at home doing nothing that's a myth but number two yes caring for my family if my life spans flips flips up and having a family takes so much time but there's enough financial security that I don't have to go outside or I can work from home or I can create a non-profit or run something on the side? Yes. So what? I'm great at my career. I should be. I spent 20 years focused on it. Now, if I want to spend another 20 years focused on family, I haven't lost my brain just because you can't see it. But it goes back to what this gentleman was saying. I'm being nice for saying gentleman, but for real. Can you consciously absorb it, feel it, receive it? Because don't say it if you don't mean it. And for me, I started realizing there's some things that I want, but they were buried because they were attached to my feminine self that I had thrown in a box in that moat never to even come near me. I didn't even know that I was even desiring some of these things. And it's not an external influence. It's when you've locked off your femininity, how can you? And when I say locked off your femininity... Sometimes I can hear myself like I was walking with a colleague during lunch today and we were talking about some stuff and there's a way that, you know, I've always been one that could hang out with the guys and I'll be the first person to tell you like I just relate more with guys like I'm alpha female and I take care of myself and my conversations sometimes rival that of guys because that and not a sexist, genderist, but I'm thinking the couples and the people I've been around my language and women like me we sound like for those who subscribe to this because again I'm not trying to tell you all what to do but we sound like the men of the house 
because we have to be the whole house. And so there's sometimes, and me and my another friend of mine were talking about this in her dating exploits, because somebody had mentioned to her like, baby girl, hold on. And I know it's triggering for some of y'all, but please work with me on on that this is her experience. This gentleman was letting her know you being masculine. Again, I know everybody doesn't subscribe to, but depending on what you believe in, I do believe in masculine and feminine energy. Not roles, but energy. And I can look back easy and see it. I know my language. I know how I relay things over sometimes. They both have a place, I feel like. But I realized, I've I realized for a while I need to heal my femininity and give it breathing room. But I think it got in my deep down and it's been working itself out. Because of small things I've been doing. I was going to comment on one thing I've been doing, but I'm not. I'm going to save that for another time. But there's been some physical steps that I've been doing. There's been some slight emotional pieces I've been doing. But, you know, when you start working on something, like if you start working on your diet, then there will be manifestations of you not eating as much sugar, stepping away from salt, choosing fruits and vegetables and non-fried foods and non-super fat-saturated opportunities with healthier alternatives. Because once you start down that road and it's really in your subconscious and your conscious what you want, you will steer towards what you want. Well, the same thing has been happening with my femininity. In that engagement with that gentleman just talking and whatever we were doing, some of that started coming out. And because this morning as I was driving my way to work, I realized, you know, I'm up. I'm not upset, upset, but I'm reflecting. And Beyonce is still playing. Pretty Hurts is still coming on. And what hit me was, I remember telling Brittany, I want my time back. Who gonna give me my time back? In reality, I think this is God that told me this, but it was definitely my spirit opened up and it was like, you don't want your time back. You want your vulnerability back. Because, see, that's what it looks like when you go extra masculine with your energy. When you get hurt, it tends to be somewhere near your feminine self. And then you like to retreat and lick your wounds, withdraw, isolate. And what you're saying is you regret not the time you spent. You don't because you enjoyed it. Until it got to a place where you weren't comfortable you regret and you feel nervous and queasy because you opened up and you shared some things that maybe you just didn't expect to share one but then two it feels like now with a stranger because it's over it's disjointed disconnected and that person is walking around with some of your expressions and ideas and feelings and you feel like you lost something you feel like somebody did you dirty Well, reality is you had a moment in time where you opened up and even if it wasn't meant to be longer than that moment of time, it wasn't a loss. It was a gain. You felt something. But see, you got to go back to my story that I told you. When you used to freezing over and locking stuff away to not deal with the pain and you call that living, 
is hard to date. Because see, dating brings up your stuff. It brings up your mess. It brings up your, 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 your wounds. And you can't duck them and you can't dodge them. And that's what happened to me today. I got to tilt my head as I was driving and let a tear roll out the side of my left cheek. But also open my hands up on the steering wheel so I didn't grip the pain back down and shove it back down and keep my mouth open so air could flow in and out of my body and not trap that pain in my soul feeling like somebody got over. No, nobody got over on you, my. You just lived. Nobody got over on you, my. You were just feminine. No, nobody got the best of you. You opened yourself up and you had an experience. And it's okay, but when being feminine or having feminine energy is weaponized in our society, in dating, objectified in prettiness, it's hard for us women, especially those of us who have been forced to be independent more than anything and step in more masculine energy, it is tough to embrace your feminine self. But when it comes to loving yourself and self-acceptance and dating and holding healthier families, I'm going to tell you, I don't have the rocket science answer. I don't have a blueprint. I don't have a map. This is going to be an ongoing area of improvement for me. Our wounded feminine selves is going to keep us from the life that we want and the joy that that the world has to give and for us to receive. We have to let go of this wounded sense of femininity. It's okay to be feminine. It's okay. I know I came through the baggy era for women where to be equal or to be valued in hip-hop, you had to be on a man's lyrical level, but physical level, like, you just had to be one to know you don't anymore. And it was okay. I'm not mad at that era. We can be whoever we want to be. There's not one version of femininity. There's not one version of feminine energy. We all, as women, get to, uh, women identify folks, get to um, identify and subscribe to what feminine energy is for us. But you know when your feminine energy isn't right or when it's, or when you are ducking it. And I think I went around the world in 180 days. Issues such as sexual harassment, sexual assault, the underhanded jokes, sexism, comparison traps, um, and just general put-downs and more. Those things make us hide and shrink our feminine energy. And I think we all have to find within our journeys where's where does it hurt kind of like what a doctor would say if you or a pediatrician would say to a little child where does it hurt ask your inner child where it hurts and if you can't hear from her keep standing in the mirror and tell you tell yourself that you're enough i promise you those tears will find you because if it ain't true, and if you do have some hurt feminine energy, you won't be able to say those words repeatedly over and over again. You just won't be able to do it. You will not be able to do it. Normally, I offer solutions and alternatives. Tonight, I'm not. 
what I'm going to say is if any of this resonated with you, please talk to a counselor. Please talk to a therapist. Please talk to a licensed somebody that can help you look within yourself and figure out where you got, where you were wounded, and what is, how does that manifest itself now, and where do you want to go? I have some things that I want in my life. Family is one. I don't know what that family is going to be. If it's just going to be a partner in myself, is it going to be a partner in some children? Is it going to be a partner in pet children? I don't even begin to know. Or a hybrid of all those things. Who knows what, what I do know is, as I heal my feminine energy and these wounds that have been following me a lifetime, I'm probably getting closer to the things that I want the most in terms of having a family. And I've also made peace with the next part of my lifespan may look starkly different from the original part of my lifespan where my career and what I call success was the dominant frame of my life. I still value these things, but but the weight of the value has changed as I have decided what my feminine journey needs to look like now. And again, I can't say it enough. I'm not telling somebody in order to be successful, you can't have it all. Mm-mm. You have to navigate what you want in your life and what priorities and weight things carry. No one can do that but you. I'm just giving you all a journey of like pretty and feminine and how that impacts me and some of the goals that I have. Just as a talking point, just as an anecdote, so that we can have these ugly conversations and get some healing going and get some honesty and some awareness and get some me-toos out the front door so that people can be their whole selves and not pieces of a self. So I thank you all for joining in tonight. Again, sit around, play this with your women-identified loved ones, friends, colleagues, co-workers, peers, whomever, church members, sorority sisters, whatever joint identities you may navigate, yourself, your daughters. I did have a special message I wanted to put out there. If you have a daughter, a niece, a cousin, grandma, mother, whomever, woman identifies somebody in your family that you really value. If you listen to this, I challenge you to ask a woman in your life, does it hurt them some days to be a woman? If they struggle to answer or if they say yes, I want you to take that opportunity to ask them, how can you support them and how can you actively be either a shoulder of support or an ear for listening. If you do not have the stamina to do any of the things I just named, don't don't ask. But if you do have the stamina, I challenge you to think about asking them. Because there's too many of us walking around here with pains and guilts and shames and compartmentalized trauma. Open up have the conversation, be there for each other, take good care of our feminine 
spirit, be the best version of you that you can be. I love and care about every last one of you. I don't care where your day goes and what you hear. Do know that you're more than enough. I really urge you to look up resources, books on healing your feminine energy, vulnerability. Brene Brown is probably the top person on vulnerability. There's so many other authors. Self-esteem, confidence, self-worth, whatever you need to go down. Find what you need. Um, Gilbert, Eat, Love, Pray book is good. But also I think it's, maybe it's Dream Big. It's the book that looks like it's a color run happening on top of it. Whatever you need. Add it to your life. Use what you need. Be the greatest version of you. Thank you for tuning in to Sister Love tonight. This is Coretta, also known as Red Rainbow. Thank you for taking this journey with me.